0: section number eighteen of from the easy chair volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. from the easy chair volume one by george william curtis section number eighteen the town in the city that we like to call the metropolis the newspapers enable us to begin every day with the knowledge that yesterday Mr. and Mrs. A. Entertained at dinner Messieurs and mesdames, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and J. And why is this precious knowledge imparted to us? Why are we not also taught what they did during the day? Why do we learn nothing of Mr. and Mrs. Y and Z at the other end of the alphabet in Baxter Street? For these good folks who are mentioned are in no way distinguished except for Riches, if indeed they had done or said or written anything memorable if they had painted fine pictures or carved statues of mark or designed noble buildings or composed beautiful music if they had affected humane forms had happily cheered or refined or enriched human life or in any way had made the world better and men and women happier the curiosity to hear of them and to see them and to read of their daily course of life would be as intelligible as the pleasure in seeing the birthplace of burns or walking in anne hathaway's garden or hearing of abraham lincoln or seeing washington's bedstead and sitting in his chair but to read day after day in the paper this golden doomsday book the lists of rich people who ate terrapin together or danced together in lace frills and white cravats afterwards and to read it with avidity is what might be done be some world of satire but in a hard-working sensible yankee world you might say that nobody does read it but the column of the newspaper which is devoted to this narrative contrasted with the few paragraphs in which the important news from all parts of the globe is discussed refutes you the newspaper understands itself it is a shrewd merchant who supplies the demand in the market but is there no other than a humiliating explanation of the fact is it only snobbishness a mean admiration of mean things are we all essentially lackeys who love to wear a livery or is it not rather all this interest in the small performances of those who if distinguished for nothing else are the distinguished favourites of fortune the result of the ceaseless aspiration for a better condition and the instinct of the imagination to decorate our lives with the vision of a fairer circumstance than our town and to revenge the tyranny of fate by the hope of heaven if this fine titania could sing to bottom mine ear is much enamoured of thy note Thou art as wise as thou art beautiful. Why should not our liberal fancy sing the same song to the four hundred? They may be deftly enchanted to our eyes, if to no others, and to our view, our bottom also be translated. It is not what they are, but what we believe them to be, of which we read in the newspaper. The poor sewing girl, as she stitches her life away in poverty, hunger, and dirt, seeing unconsciously the fairy texture and costly delicacy of the robe she fashions, follows it in fancy to the form which is to wear it and which to that fancy must needs be that of a most lovely and most gracious woman because none other would that soft splendour of raiment befit the lofty and benignant lady must also mate with her kind and move only among those learned and fair and good as she all the circumstance of life must conform and amid light and perfume and music and unspeakable hours of such women such men glide by the girl's head droops for one brief moment she dreams and that charmed life is real in a less degree in our prosaic and plodding daily routine we invest the life of the favorites of fortune with an ideal charm it is to our food fancy all that it might be those figures are not what circe's wand might disclose they are gods and goddesses feasting and in happier moments we feign ourselves possible ixeans to be admitted to the celestial banquet in the streets of the summer city their palaces are closed their brilliant equipages are gone they do not sparkle and murmur in their opera boxes nor roll stately in slow lines along the trimmed avenues of the park but still the celestial life proceeds a little out of sight its lovely leisure brimmed with deeds becoming those who have no care but to do good and to transfigure their own fair fortune into a blessing for the world we read the gross details of dress and dinner but they remind us only more keenly of the ample resource the boundless opportunity which our favorites of fortune enjoy thus orestes we ponder the society column not because we are snobs but because our imaginations take fire the dry narrowness and hard conditions of our lives are soothed as we contemplate those who have no excuse not to be benefactors And what they should be, our imaginations, benevolent to ourselves, assure us that they are. End of section eighteen. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America.